Good morning. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2020. Brand new year. Uh, if your new year was like anything like mine, uh, it was spent on the couch underneath the blanket waiting for the fireworks to end so that I could finally go to sleep. I know the apt household gets pretty rowdy when it comes to uh, New Year's Eve. <laughs> but New Year's is exciting, isn't it? It's a brand new year. It, it, it's like we can finally uh, wash away all of 2019. We can start fresh. We have a clean slate. Uh, and we're ready to go in and we're excited for this brand new year. Because New Year's brings all kinds of goals. New Year's brings all kinds of resolutions of things that we want to accomplish in the upcoming year. And for all of us, that looks differently. Uh, maybe for some of you, that's wanting to change your diet, uh, wanting to make healthier decisions, whether that's uh, not only diet-wise, but maybe spiritually too. You want to make healthier decisions in 2020. You want to be healthier. Maybe for others of you, uh, you're looking for that job promotion or career advance advancement. And so whether that's a promotion at your company or you look outside your company uh, to take the next steps up, you're looking to advance your career. And that's what you hope to uh, accomplish in 2020. Maybe for some of you, uh, what 2020 brings uh, is you're hoping uh, debt-free. You're hoping that you're able to pay everything off. You're hoping to wipe that slate clean so you can start 2021 with a clean slate, no debt, ready to move forward. Maybe for some of you, you're hoping 2020 brings that special someone so that you can finally settle down, have babies, and enjoy uh, life together with uh, your husband or your wife and your kids. We all have goals and we all have res resolutions as to what we're hoping to accomplish in the upcoming year. And, and as we start 2020, as we start a new year, there's always hope that it's going to be good. There's always hope that it's going to be great. But what happens when it's not? What happens when, instead of things being great, it's actually the opposite of great? What happens when, when in, in, instead of you accomplishing your goals, you actually go backwards in your goals? What if it has nothing to do with goals at all? What, what if just hardships and troubles come into your life in 2020? When those moments happen, do you ever doubt Jesus? Do you ever question him? Do you ever think to yourself, is this the one that I should be expecting? Is Jesus really the guy? If so, you are in great company. Because John the Baptist had those same thoughts. Do you remember who John the Baptist was? Uh, John the Baptist was a very important man in the Bible. His mother was Elizabeth. He was actually a relative of Jesus. Do you remember when uh, Mary finds out that she's pregnant with Jesus? The angel Gabriel comes and visits her and says, Hey, you're going to have Jesus. You're going to have a baby. Uh, and, and it's going to be a miracle. The Holy Spirit's going to come on you. You're going to conceive. Where does Mary go? She goes and, and stays with her uh, relative Elizabeth who we hear is six months pregnant. Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. 
And John the Baptist was no ordinary child. In fact, just like Jesus, John fulfilled Old Testament prophecies. God had foretold that John would be the forerunner, the prophet that goes before the Messiah. Yes, Jesus was coming. Yes, he was going to fulfill everything in the Old Testament. But John was going to be the one to go before him to prepare people's hearts for the Savior. And that's what John was. John knew it. People even asked John, John, who are you? And he said, I'm the voice of one in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord. This is me. I fulfill the Old Testament prophecies that I'm the prophet who goes before the Messiah. John knew it. And Jesus knew it. In fact, Jesus had high praise for John the Baptist. Jesus said, of of all the people born of women, there's no one greater than John. There's nobody greater than John. John went before Jesus and he preached, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Repent, the Messiah is coming and he's going to bring vengeance. And he looked forward to the day when he got to see Jesus. And that day finally happened. As John was standing on the, on the Jordan banks, he was talking and preaching to his disciples about repentance and, and changing your life and, and living for God, when all of a sudden Jesus starts walking along the Jordan River. And John stops. And he points to him. And he says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And from that day forward, John pointed people's eyes to Jesus. And he continued to preach repentance. Change your ways. Repent. Turn back to God. And one of those people that John confronted ended up being King Herod. Herod was uh, the the ruler over Jerusalem at the time. And, And Herod had the bright idea that he's the king. He can do what he wants. And so he wanted to divorce his wife and marry his brother's wife. And his brother's wife wanted to marry him. And so being the ruler of the land, guess what Herod did? He divorced his wife and married his brother's wife because who's going to contradict him? John did. He went and he told King Herod, you need to repent. You need to change your ways because you're not acting in a godly way. Guess how King Herod responded? This is bad press. As a politician, I can't have bad press. And so he throws John into prison. For what? Doing God's will. Doing God's will. There was so much hope for John. He had so much hope. Here's the Messiah. I'm going out before the Messiah. I'm pointing people to Jesus. There he is. The Messiah. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He's right there. Go to him. The Messiah is here. And now he's thrown in prison. And with each passing day, more and more doubts creep in for John. Until we finally get to Matthew chapter 11. And here we see just how deep those doubts run in Matthew chapter 11, beginning with verse 2. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? It seems almost impossible, doesn't it? John, how could you doubt? How could you doubt? You know you're you're fulfilling the Old Testament. You know 
and pointed people to Jesus as the Messiah. How in the world could you doubt that he was? Well, part of it was John was preaching that vengeance was coming. And that's very much what Jesus is about. Jesus at the end of the world, he's going to get vengeance. But John is looking for vengeance right now, and, and yet what does he see? Those who are committing injustices are not being held accountable. John did God's will, and where, where did it get John? In prison. He's, he's waiting for the, the, uh, the vengeance and divine retribution that Isaiah 35 says in verse 4. This is what John was waiting for, and Jesus isn't bringing it. Jesus, are you really the one we were to expect? John, it seems, had a little bit different expectation of who Jesus should be. Jesus, bring the divine retribution. Jesus, bring the vengeance. Are we really supposed to expect you? When we try to follow God's will and hardships come instead of blessings, don't we also ask that same question? Doesn't doubts creep into our lives as well? We try to follow God's will. We try to obey Him. We want to do His will. We want to do what He tells us to do. And we do it to the best of our abilities. And yet, He's not blessing us the way we expect Him to. Instead, it goes the other way. Maybe this year, you have changed your diet. Maybe you've changed the way you eat and and your exercise routines and, and all that. And instead of getting healthier, you've actually gotten sick. Maybe you've handled yourself in a godly way at work. You've acted ethical. You've done what uh, God would expect of you and does expect of you. And yet you keep getting passed over for, uh, for the promotion. And who keeps getting the job? Are the guys who act, or are acting ungodly, unethical. Maybe you've handled yourself and you've lived in a godly way. And because of it, you've lost friends. And it's heartbreaking. And you're heartbroken. And yet God hasn't sent you any other friends to fill that hole in your heart. You start to wonder, God, God, are you the one that I should be expecting? You want to be a good financial steward. You handle your finances well. You try to live in a godly way in that way. And yet bill after bill keeps coming. And it seems that no matter how hard you try, you can't pay off the debt. God, why aren't you blessing me? God, why are you not the one I should be expecting? Because I'm doing what you want. You want to get married. You want to have kids. You want to do all that, all that good stuff. And yet, you want to share your life with that person. And yet, what happens? God's not bringing that person to you. And it's hard living in the 21st century. Hard living your life for God in that way. And He's not blessing you like you expect Him to. It's happened in the past. 
in 2019, and it's going to happen in the future where hardships are going to come, where God's not going to bless us the way we expect Him to, and doubts are going to creep in. Why? Because we have this idea in our head that Jesus should be who we expect Him to be. In other words, I, I, I live my life for Jesus, therefore, Jesus, you should bless me in this way. But that's not how it works. That's karma. Karma is good comes from to those who do good, and bad comes to those who do bad. That's karma, and karma doesn't exist. Bad things happen to good people, and good things happen to bad people. But we expect Jesus to bless us when we are living for him, and that's what John is expecting. John is in prison, and he's sitting there thinking, Jesus, what gives? I followed your will. I'm doing the God-pleasing thing. I'm pointing to people you as a, to, to you as the Messiah, and yet here I am in prison. Why aren't you getting me out? Jesus, are you the one that we should expect? Or should we expect someone else? But here's a very important thing. Look at where John turned to. He turned to Jesus, right? He turned to Jesus in his doubts. And that's your first point today. If you're following along in your worship folder, your first point is when in doubt, go to Jesus. When in doubt, go to Jesus. No matter who we are, no matter how strong our faith is, no matter what we've been through, doubt is going to creep into your life. It is. You're going to doubt Jesus. You're going to wonder if he's the one that you should expect or should you expect someone else. But here's the important part. When doubt comes in, don't go looking for the Savior you're expecting, but go to Jesus. Pray to him. Tell him, Jesus, I am struggling with, with doubt here. Are you the one I should expect? Because here's what's happening. Lord, I believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. I am doubting. I need your help. Are you the one I should expect? Because that's what John did. And John got his answer. It's in Jesus' response. Here's what he says in Matthew chapter 11, verses 4 through 6. Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Notice how Jesus responds. He doesn't say, Oh, John, uh, I didn't know that you wanted, I didn't know you were in prison. Here, get out. He doesn't respond with a rebuke. He doesn't respond shocked. He doesn't respond telling John, I'm disappointed in you, John. No. Jesus is gentle. Jesus is kind. And where does he point John? Not to a miracle, not to a sign for John's life. He doesn't say, let me get you out of the hardships that you're in and start blessing you so you can believe. No. Instead, what's he say? Look to Scripture. Look to Scripture. And that's your second point. Jesus believed God's word drives out doubts. 
Jesus quotes Isaiah 35, which we read earlier in the service. Dave read it. And John knew it. And John was, what was John looking for? He was looking for that divine retribution, right? He's looking for vengeance. And Jesus says, I'm going to get to that, yes. But right now, here's what I'm doing. Look, I'm fulfilling verse 5 of Isaiah 35. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer, and the mute tongue will shout for joy. The dead will be raised. The leprosy will be healed. Jesus says, look, I am fulfilling scripture, John. I'm fulfilling scripture that that prophesies about the Messiah. Don't fall away on account of me. But wait a minute. How does this help John? If John is sitting in prison, and Jesus is talking about all the miracles he's doing and healing all these people, wouldn't John sit there and say, well, that's great, but get me out of this prison. Get me out of this jail cell. I've lived for you. I've done your will. Why aren't you doing this? No. And let me tell you why. Because do you know what all these people have in common? The, the, I, the blind person, the deaf, the lame, the mute, the, the one who has leprosy, and the dead? None of them could enter the temple. You see, the Jewish mindset was that if something like that happened to you, God must be punishing you for some sin. And if God is punishing you for some sin, you are unclean. And if you're unclean, you can't enter the temple. And if you can't enter the temple, guess what you can't have? A relationship with God. Jesus is saying, look what I'm doing. I am making the unclean clean. I'm removing the barriers so that those who can't have a relationship with God can have a relationship with God. Don't fall away on account of me. Don't. I'm fulfilling scripture. I'm I'm removing the blind. I'm removing the mute. I'm removing uh, the deaf. I'm removing the lame. I'm removing all those barriers so that all of them can go to the temple. All of them can have a relationship with God. Jesus says, don't fall away on account of me. Look to Scripture. This is who Scripture says I'm supposed to be. The one who removes the barriers between you and God. And when we're doubting, that's where we go. We go to God's Word. And God's Word drives away doubts. We think it would be a miracle. We think it would be uh, some kind of sign in our life or getting us out of trouble and hardship, but it's not. What drives away doubts? It's getting into God's Word and seeing who the Messiah is supposed to be. And when we do that, we have the proper expectation of Jesus. And what scriptures say that Jesus is going to be? The one who removes the barriers between you and God. The one who makes unclean, clean. And that's exactly who Jesus is. Jesus is the one who came to remove the barrier of sin from your life. The the sin that has kept you from having a good relationship with God. The, The guilt, the shame that you constantly feel when you come into the presence of God. Jesus came to remove that from you. And that's exactly what he did on the cross. When he shed his blood on the cross, he purified you from all of your sin. Completely forgave you. Removing that barrier between you and God. 
When Jesus rose from the dead on Easter Sunday, and he rose victoriously from the grave, he removed the barrier of death from between you and God. And then he removed the barrier of the devil. The devil's the accuser. He sits there, he's like the lawyer who accuses you and accuses you and accuses you of sin and not living up to God's expectations. And and he's the one in the corner saying, you deserve death, you deserve hell. And Jesus says, enough. I've declared them innocent of all charges. You, on the other hand, Satan, you're going to be in hell forever. You see, Jesus is the one who removes the barriers between you and God. He has done it completely. He has fixed your relationship with God. And that's the Messiah that we should expect because that's the Messiah that Scripture foretells. He is the the one that the prophets saw would come and what he would do is exactly what God said he would do. He removed the barrier of sin and death and the devil between you and God so that now you have a good relationship with him how does this help you in 2020 how did that help John well hardships come John's in prison but guess what you know that you have a good relationship with God not based on your circumstances but based on the fact that Jesus removed the barrier between you and God he is the Messiah you are to expect he is the one and when you have a good relationship with God it doesn't matter if there's hardships it doesn't matter if you reach your goal it doesn't matter if your resolutions come true you know that God loves you you know that he has more love for you than anyone in the world he sent his only son to remove the barriers between you and him This is the Messiah. This is the one we cling to. This is the hope that John clung to as his disciples came back and reported to John what they heard from Jesus. And God's word drove away his doubts. I don't know what 2020 holds for you. I pray it's blessings. I pray that everything you want to happen happens. But even if they don't, I know for sure that God loves you. And I pray that you grow closer to Jesus with the proper expectations of who Jesus is. He is the one who removes the barriers between you and God so that one day you can enjoy life eternal with Him. This year you'll have your ups and downs. You will. But your relationship with God, it doesn't matter if you get the promotion or you get fired. Uh, It doesn't matter if your health increases or if it decreases. Uh, It it doesn't matter if you get married or if you get dumped. It doesn't matter if you're a great prophet or if you're the prophet that's sitting in jail. Your relationship with God is good because your Messiah has removed the barriers of sin and death and the devil. As you go into 2020, have this expectation of Jesus that he's your Messiah who's not here to make your life good, but here to make your life eternal good. And that's what he's done through his death and resurrection. He has removed the barriers of sin. He has made the unclean clean. He has removed your sin, removed death from you. And now you have life eternal to look forward to. God bless you this new year. God be with you in 2020. May he bless you and may you grow in him more 
as you realize that the barrier is taken down and you have a great relationship with him. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for sending Jesus into this world to remove the barriers of sin. We thank you for the peace that you've given us, that uh, our relationship isn't dependent on uh, our circumstances, but on Jesus. And his blood has purified us from all sin. We thank you for that. And as we face doubts this upcoming year, as hardships happen and we doubt you, we doubt Jesus, help us to go back to Jesus and back to the word. And your word will drive away all doubts. We thank you that this is a means that you use because we have access to it every single day. Help us to be in it, help us to grow in it, and drive away all doubts as we read your word. In your name we pray. Amen.